Welcome to the Power Press Podcast. My name is Mackenzie Bennett, and I'm your host on this podcast. We share information to empower your podcast. Today's guest is Gary Leland. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for being on the show. I met you... Actually, I can't remember the first time I ever met you. I think it might have been at Podcast Movement back in Fort Worth, but this is uh, this is good to have you on because you've been involved in podcasting for a very, very long time. Yeah, I think it was one of the podcast movements, but I, I want to thank you. You uh, gave me a ticket to FinCon this summer while I was here in Dallas. Mm. That was nice. Yes. Save me from having to buy a ticket, so I appreciate that. And you're welcome, of course. We always want to share, you know, especially because you're there already, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, I just so, had to drive over there. Yeah, you just had to drive over. So that was a that was a pretty easy sell of hey, we have an extra ticket. Let's just uh, hand that over to Gary. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate it. I want to make sure. I don't know if I ever actually told you that. So I want to make sure you knew that I did. Oh, you did. You definitely did. So we've got some podcasting news uh, at the beginning and the end of the show, and then in the middle, we'll talk about how. You have a, a new show that's doing pretty well, it seems. You've had multiple shows over the years and everything. And, you know, we just want to get everything out, kind of tell everyone your story of how you've been involved in podcasting. So uh, let's get started with one of the first podcasting articles that I found recently. This okay. one was Five Secrets of Super Podcast Hosts and... Then the subtitle was Got Guests, Get the Most Out of Your Next Interview. This is just kind of, this is pretty basic, but for people listening to the show that are still trying to find their feet or possibly, you know, changing their style, I figure this would probably be helpful to people. So Sounds good to me. Let's go. So number one is have their own style. Pretty obvious, but don't just from A to Z copy what someone else has been doing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good idea. I just, uh, you know, when I when I do an interview, I just say what's on my mind. You know, mm -hmm. it's got to be my style because I'm just doing whatever I want. Right. You know, I don't think you have to have a written down script. I think you just need to do something you're comfortable with. I think people can tell when you're comfortable with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I guess that's what they're talking about here in this article. Get practicing now by starting with your inner circle to get comfortable. Well, yeah. So that's what they say at the end of this. Uh, number one about your own style. That's but solid I think advice. If, um, if you're comfortable with what you're doing, you know, but that, that Mackenzie, that's a big deal for a lot of people um, to get comfortable, even interviewing anyone, much less having their own style. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember well, back in 2004 when I started podcasting, I came into my warehouse and there wasn't anyone in the whole building and it was just me and a computer and a mic and I was nervous. And there wasn't anyone around. I wasn't even talking to It's anybody. intimidating. It's yeah, I was just recording on a microphone, but I knew people were going to be listening to it later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point on the end here is to start practicing to get comfortable. The more you do it, it's like anything, the more comfortable you get. I think people should definitely take inspiration from other shows and try to emulate what is happening on those shows. But don't just straight up copy what they're doing, because when you do that, it's obvious it's unoriginal and just... I feel like not as fun. And then that's how you end up with kind of how like in TV, you just have the sitcom with the laugh track and you get the same thing over and over again. So oh, and that's what I was going to do. I was going to get a laugh track. And <laughs> 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 but, you know, that's something I always say, though, not the laugh track part, but uh, I'm not real good at inventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm real good at uh, seeing a wheel and making changes to fit my purposes. So I don't know if that's copying, stealing, or whatever it is, but I'm not an inventor. I'm a uh, repairman that can uh, fix things to fit my needs. I think that's perfectly fine. If you're adjusting, that's fine. So number two is they've perfected their pitch. And when I initially saw this title, I was thinking something a little differently. I figured I, I didn't know what they were talking about, but this is the pitch to get the guest on the show. This, okay. is, this is how you was, get someone to come on. I've never found that to be a real big issue um, to get someone to come on a show. I have Most people either. like talking about themselves or whatever they've got to push. I mean, have you had a problem getting people on this show? I have not. However, I am also in the power position of, hey, come on and we'll talk about your show. We'll talk about you. So I'm not necessarily asking for a favor. Or I don't know if favor is the correct word, but I'm not asking anything of them to benefit me because this is more so benefiting other people sometimes. Like, I mean, it's a mutual benefit. Like, I want I want great guests on the show, but also we're going to discuss them. So that's a big, easy, someone's going to agree to that. Right, right. Especially being with Blueberry and Power Press. Exactly. Uh, people. Yeah, so I can see what you're saying. But, and, and now that's kind of the case for me too, since kind of um, like in the podcast hall of fame and I've mm-hmm. kind of known whatever people mm-hmm. open up to me. But even when I first, before all that happened, I never had an issue. And even when I call people who don't know who I am, I've had very few people. I mean, and I've been doing this, what, almost 14 years now. Right. And I bet I, I bet I couldn't count the people that said no to me on one hand. That's pretty um, good. That's yeah, really so, good, yeah. And, I, and I've done, like you said, I've done a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, and I've talked to some biggies in a bunch of different niches. So it's not even like just the podcast niche and right. the financial niche and the sports niche, whatever. So I, I, I think the main thing there is the, the main mistake I see that people make there, McKenzie, is that they tell people that they're new or they tell people they only have 20 listeners. <laughs> Or something like that. And people go, oh, I'm not going to get on a show and spend an hour with that person. And you only got 20 people going to hear That's me. not something people need to be sharing unless someone is asking. And then you figure right. out a very much better way to spin your numbers. And don't necessarily tell them your numbers well, until you're happy with them. I don't them. know that I've ever had anyone ask. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if I've had anyone ask if uh, how many people I have. So I feel like if you and, appropriately ask them and give them a good idea of what's going to be happening, then they're going to be more receptive to that, yeah. like you said. But but if you go, hey, I got 15 listeners. I just started this episode two. <laughs> I, I want to get you on here because you'll really help me grow my listener base. And you're going to get nothing out of it because I only got 15 listeners. Don't do that. <laughs> no. So I think that's got to be part of your pitch is just sounding professional, sounding like you know what you're doing and are, are looking, are, are appearing that way. Definitely. Uh, in your pitch. I would say that's the perfect part of the pitch you need to perfect is. And that's the thing to keep out of your pitch. I think I think you do make a good point with this pitch of perfecting it is a little bit of fake it till you make it of put some good thought into how you could persuade someone if you think it's going to be a little difficult. But then, you know, if something did not work, then fix it for the next one. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I've had I had an episode with uh, Olympian in Japan that we did, and uh, I forgot to hit the record button. Oh, yeah, this was years and years ago, and I messaged her back and said, hey, I forgot to hit the record button. Can we do that again? Yeah. 
And she's like, sure. I mean, you know, so. Well, that was nice. That was great. Yeah, yeah. So stuff happens. Just uh, go with the flow, but don't make it sound like, don't make it appear any more than it has to that you don't know what you're doing. Correct. Correct. Because that could show up anyway. Yeah. (laughs) They'll figure that out a little bit on their own. So don't make that. Yeah, definitely. So the next one is uh, they're prepared. So be prepared, but to a level that you are comfortable with. Found a good way to get prepared for people in lately is because my new show is about cryptocurrency. So I'm actually exploring and learning from these people I'm bringing on the show. Mm -hmm. And so you really need to know what they want to talk about more than anything else. Right. It's so Um, broad that you should probably kind of narrow that down a little bit. Yeah. So that's um, I've been using YouTube. (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, you and I just go home and turn my TV on. Like I just got interviewing through interviewing like minutes before we talked a huge guy in the cryptocurrency world. Mm-hmm. And my co-host wanted to talk to him. He loves this guy. He thinks this guy is um, a fantastic Bitcoin maximalist. And I wasn't familiar with him really much at all. So last night I watched, uh, I searched his name on YouTube while I was sitting on my couch. Right. On my TV and watched three videos. And I was pretty much able to, to do the interview pretty well. So you can do your research pretty easy now. And YouTube's a great place to do that. Mm-hmm. I agree. So this one is this one is talking about how you should probably get a scheduling system. If possible, like get things scheduled out beforehand and whatnot. I don't like and scheduling systems. I'm not big on scheduling systems. I think that's so impersonal when you're trying to get someone on your show. I still don't you have just, one. Huh? I still don't have one. I have one. And, you know, I've always thought that way, but I thought maybe I should try it. And, you know, I, I just don't like it. I, and I hate it when I get them. People go, oh, here's my thing. Look at what, a po- what look what openings I have. Right. And you can work around my schedule. Right. That- for me to interview you. That's what it is. That- That's what you're saying. I have Tuesday and Thursdays and Fridays open from eight to six. Right. If you can make one of those time periods... Here, oh, great. We can do it then. Yeah. I get so, that. I, I don't like that at all. I kind of like to, um, I've done this before. I don't know. I had some extension on like my Gmail, but I don't even know what it was. I would like talk to them either on the phone or email or something and kind of solidify, hey, we want to do it this week on these days. And then I will send them a, it was like a link of times available on those specific days that we had already discussed of when it would be available. And I'd be like, let's make something work at this time because at least that that felt more personal and involved, I guess. And also I kind of had a better idea because I like to know, I don't know, I just like to have more control over my schedule like that than just someone coming in and be like, I'm taking your well, hour on Wednesday on the 16th. <laughs> and I'm just well, like, I'm, okay. I've got a pretty busy schedule myself. Mm-hmm. And what I do is, you know, while I'm in communications with them and telling them, I say, hey, you know, basically you are the guest on my show. You're doing me a favor by coming on my show. So I want to work around your schedule. Mm-hmm. So how about send me three dates and times? Yes. That work for you. Yes. And, and maybe want to be next Tuesday at eight and want to be a week after that on Wednesday at four. And, you know, they send different times. Um, and then usually, well, every time one of those has fit my schedule. Exactly. So that's how I do it. As I tell them, you tell me when works for you. Give me three options and I'll pick one of those. I, I think- just think that's so much person, more personable than getting this calendar. Okay, here's what I got. I got one day a week. <laughs> That I do interviews. If you can't make it on Monday, you need to change your calendar. That's the only yeah. day I do it is Monday. Yeah, I I agree. The more personal, the better with that. And there's a, there's a level of research. 
like every person's going to be different on how much research research that they want to do. But personally, I find that I want to get a good gist of what they have done of what they're doing or, you know, what their project is or whatever. But I don't want to know all the details. I want to get the details out of them in the conversation and actually hear about it firsthand as opposed to going down a rabbit hole trying to find all of those fun things and then trying to pretend and be surprised while they're telling me. Right. I don't enjoy that. So, you know. I agree. 100% McKenzie. Get just new podcasters, podcasters changing things up. I don't know. Find something that you're comfortable with but also is professional enough. Yeah, so. whatever floats your boats. That's just, just my personal feelings on them. I always, when I get one of those, go, oh, my God. I don't know. Know, maybe it's because I'm old. You know, I'm 63. <laughs> you know, I'm used. I'm so used to people calling you on the phone, you know. That's true. That's true. I mean, young people definitely don't call you on the phone. And I mean, They don't want to use you. You say, hey, call up that guy. If I got some work for me, say, call up that guy and tell me he needs to send us a check. On the phone? Yep. I <laughs> Can I just send him a message or an email? I I change so frequently, and honestly, depending on who the person is, well, I will talk to them happily, and then other times I'm just like, nope, please email me. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, no, I agree. For the most part, I, I I don't have time for phone calls. Yeah. I just want a message. I don't even want to email. I just want a message. I know. And you talk to them, then you got to find out how the weather is, and you know that their son Bob won a gold medal in archery or something. <laughs> that was. That was detailed. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So number four is they show love. The host is showing love to their guest, stepping out of the limelight and putting them on the pedestal. So Gary, please be on the pedestal and back me up here. Well, I'm, I might get ready to fall off. It's kind of <laughs> high up here. I mean, you didn't have to have such a high pedestal. I'll knock you off eventually. <laughs> please uh, let me know ahead of time so I can start climbing down. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I also find a lot of people, you know, will get their interview going and they'll interrupt their person when they're on it to ask a stupid question mm-hmm. or, or reiterate what the person just said. Mm-hmm. You know, and this guy could be getting this into the really meat. And I think this is what's talking about. Just sit back and relax. Oh, yeah, he's talking about a story. And I went up, I climbed up the mountaintop and I got to the mountain and then I'll stop and go, was it a big mountain? <laughs> you know, yes, it was a big mountain. And when I got back to the top of the mountain, the snow started coming down and I was freezing. Was it really cold? <laughs> it was really cold. It was snowing and I was freezing. You know, just let him talk, you know, and ask questions in between his conversation. Let's <laughs> assume what this is going on about here. That's, you're right. And I think something that people don't necessarily realize that they can do when they're first starting to interview people is you don't have to comment on every single thing that a person just talked about, you could literally just say, you could pause and then ask them a different question. Take the conversation a different way. It doesn't have to go on forever and ever about the, you are in control of the conversation. You are highlighting the guest, but you are in control of the conversation. You want to move on to something else, you move on to something else. Right. Yeah. Correctly, you're in charge. Yes. Yes. And it's your job to direct the conversation, not to like, be the conversation. Right, right. You're not you're not just asking these questions the same thing to everyone every single time and then letting them answer. You're controlling a unique conversation every single time you're interviewing someone. It's if it's well, the same thing happening over then you kind of got something wrong in my opinion. Well, if you want people coming back and listening to the <laughs> show, that's what you need to do. Yeah, that's probably that's you know, a good I had point. someone, you know, come in my store recently they mm-hmm. actually came to my physical building 
from in a town here where I live in Arlington and said they had found me and they had started a podcast with their co-host and they wanted to know if I would meet, come meet them for coffee and spend an hour or two telling them how to make their podcast better. And I said, no, I said, I, I don't do that for a living. Right. And certainly you don't expect me to come spend two hours with you for free. And I'm not a podcast consultant. And I said, but if you, uh, if you call me one morning early while I'm just sitting here working in the office, you know, I'll talk to you. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, because I'm just doing paperwork and stuff, so it's not a big deal. I can do paperwork and talk on the phone or talk on Skype or whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked me to listen to one of their podcasts. So I said, sure, I'll download one. I downloaded the one they recommended. And I can see why their numbers were terrible. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was going, God, I didn't listen to the whole podcast. And I usually will listen to the whole podcast yeah. if I say I'm going to do that. Matter of fact, most people I meet. If they give me their card, I listen to one of their podcasts. That's and super so, nice. I don't yeah. think I actually end up doing that. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I listen to one episode. I, da- I don't subscribe. I download an episode. And I've picked up a couple that I've listened to for a long time because of that. And most of them I don't. They're maybe done well, but it's a topic I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I started telling her all the things that were wrong with their podcast. And they never called me back for any more consultations. So <laughs> I guess they didn't <sighs> like this. You gave them a consult and they did not like it, I think is what happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When your podcast, when you start out your podcast to me, and maybe this is just my way of thinking, going, this is the blank, blank show and we're sponsored by. Yep. And it's SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sponsored by where you're getting free hosting for saying you're sponsored by them. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? I said, you can't afford $5? I mean, you know. You can get hosting for 5 or $10 a month. That tells me you're really not very serious. Or that I mean, yeah, they're just, you know, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was going to say they're not willing to put the money in, but yeah. I mean, you're, you're really not very serious about your craft. Yes. Yes. And I know, I know it takes a little motivation to get serious about your craft sometimes, and that could be in, in, in numbers and whatnot, but the... Once you start getting the money involved very quickly, that it just goes downhill. Right. Um, okay, number five is they seize opportunities. So this one is, I don't know, this one kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It seemed like they were trying to tap into the guests that already have podcasts because they'll like they'll be able to boost their listenership that way. And I don't know, I, I just think the main focus overall should be getting a guest that will bring value to your show and well, anything did, else is just that way. And I, and I thought five was very good to be honest with you. So we differed on this. Okay. One. So we can have a point counterpoint here. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Tell um, me. Well, I, I think that they're correct. I think this is the best marketing in the world. I wrote a blog post at uh, GaryLeland.com about this some years ago, being on other people's podcasts, just like I am now. I, I didn't come to you to be on the podcast. No. And I don't really don't approach people to be on their podcasts. Um, so, but I do like being on podcasts because number one, I like talking, I like meeting people, and I think it's the best marketing there is. I get all the value of creating a podcast, and I do none of the work. I mean, you know, if you could be on a podcast a week or a podcast every other day, I think you'd just get great marketing out of it. And you never know when that podcast could be that person that's got fifteen interviews. Or 15 listeners, and he turns out to be John Lee Dumas a year later. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, downloads his back catalog. Yep. You know, people start with episode one and work their way. I, I doubt that he could do that with John Lee Dumas or so many. There's episodes. a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you never can tell when someone can be the next biggie. So I'm really, really a real big believer in 
being on other podcasts. And I don't think there'd be anything wrong with you were making good rapport with someone who was a podcaster saying, hey, if you ever need a guest, I'd be happy to come on your show. Yes. I wouldn't sit there and solicit and be sending out emails. When someone sends me an email, even for my shows now, and they go, I am so-and-so, and my background is so-and-so, and I'm an expert at so-and-so, and I think I'd be a great guest for your shows. And I send them a form letter we have saying, you know, it costs $1,000 to be on our show. We'd be happy to have you. Should I send you the address to send the money to? <laughs> I mean, I just do that every time I get someone contacting me on, me on my show. I mean, it's almost, you know, just a one, two, three thing for me. I, I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in soliciting to be on shows. So I do agree with you there. Yes, that I, that I, I think was the thing that was rubbing me the wrong way because you're right. I see. I have no issue with being on other shows and and marketing that in that sense. But I think when I first read it, it just gave me the wrong tone of hey, double whammy every single time, and not just focusing on what they're going to be adding. It was, hey, what I, what can I get out of this? And absolutely find something that you can get out of it other than just helping your show, but yourself and your right. brand. So, and, and I think if you're at an event, like, for instance, if you were at Podcast Movement, uh, our conference in mm -hmm. Philadelphia, which is at podcastmovement.com, if you were at that event and you were meeting other podcasters and this guy goes, hey, I've got 20 episodes. Yeah, I got 22 episodes. And when I talk about, you know, horny toads, I, I talk about frogs. Yep. You know, you might say, hey, let's get on this other show, you know. But to, to send out random solicitations to be on shows, that's a whole different deal. Yes, that it, we, we see people accidentally doing that to Blueberry every once in a while because we have the directory and they think that we have all of these, like, we have, you know, the contact to all of oh, these yeah, shows, and yeah. we're like, no, yeah. no. So, I think yeah, when I used to have Podcast Pickle, I would get those emails. Exactly. Yeah. I want to be on this show, and a good column. I mean, I wouldn't even respond. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, if they get really pushy, we'll be like, that's that's what we'll end up doing. So Yeah. yeah. Alright, that was the secrets of a great podcast host. So, you just mentioned Podcast Pickle. So, that goes back quite a while. In your podcasting. 2004. Yes. And that was my first, uh, well, actually, that was my second thing in podcasting. Oh, okay. I think it was my first. My first thing in podcasting was a sports podcast directory mm -hmm. called sportspodcast.com. And um, simple. I like a, it. Yeah, it had a basketball logo. It was a basketball wearing headphones, I think. Um, but anyway, that lasted very short time period because. You can imagine if there's only like 50 podcasts in the world, how many of them can be about sports? I mean, you know, I mean, I was well, we had five podcasts that we had listed on our directory. So, so congrats we, to those five podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we took the same everything we built and just put a new face on it and made it podcast pickle. Okay. And that grew much faster. But I still remember when I came home and told my wife, "Hey, we got 100 podcasts. So listen on our podcast directory now." You know, we were one of the first podcast directories. So, so you've done the podcast directory, you turn that sports one into podcast pickle, you've had, I don't know, like a dozen or so shows. That's initial, my initial look yeah. was around that number. Is that even correct? Yeah, I would say that might be low, but uh, that, that may be a few more. Than okay. That. Okay. So you have... The first show, podcast pickle show, when I hit 100, I just stopped. <laughs> I said, hey, it's 100th episode and that's it. I'm quitting. I'm not doing the show anymore. Okay. And everybody thought I was just joking. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's true. I'm no. tired of doing that. No. I hit 100 and I'm done. 
I and see had, nothing wrong with that. You were like, I'm tired of this one. I'm done. Yeah, we did pickle tips. We did. Uh, I've done a lot of shows. That was like tips on how to use the directory because it was. It had a lot of stuff going on. We had a lot of shows. I used to claim at one time. I think I held the title of the oldest podcaster in the world. But uh, someone took that back, took that away from me at a conference. Oh, so okay. um, I'm no longer the oldest podcaster in the world, which is nice now that I am old. <laughs> <laughs> a title you're willing to give up. I, yeah, I was well happy to give it up. Yes. But yes. Uh, now I'm really into crypto podcasting. Yes. So your newest one is Crypto Cousins, correct? Well, that's no, I have another one since then, too. Oh, dang. <laughs> that one's on 40 episode. I think that. Episode 42 of that came out yesterday. Okay. And now I have a new one that episode 36, I think, came out this morning. It comes out every weekday. Dang. So it's growing pretty fast with an episode every weekday. And it's called Four Minute Crypto. So I have two. I have CryptoCousins.com, which uh, my, my co-host Tony Sakala and I talk about uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and stuff like that. And it's a half an hour to 45 minutes. We try to keep it a half an hour, but we've never succeeded never done <laughs> we've never succeeded yeah i think we came up with 42 minutes once when we had a party yeah <laughs> we were so close to making it and uh, four minute crypto is a daily news show with one news article every day about crypto and it's four minutes or less okay and uh, i just it's a video on youtube and then i just actually i record it and edit it with all my sound in there for the podcast so i just you know pull out an mp3 and there's my podcast file that's super easy yeah, so, I mean, it's nothing to create the podcast because I, I set up the video to be, and I don't say things like, look at this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know the podcast people go, this is a video. Yeah. So that's my newest one is 4MinuteCrypto.com. And as you can guess, it's less than, you know why I went with 4MinuteCrypto.com? Why? Someone had 5MinuteCrypto.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's not surprising. <laughs> so I said, well, I'll just make this show four minutes. <laughs> you made it work. <laughs> It's yeah, fine. That was the easy solution. So it's now fourminutecrypto.com. And uh, I enjoy that one. As a matter of fact, doing four minute crypto. I like editing video. So, you know, I do it all in one run. You know, I'm not doing much editing because I do it all in one take because it's only four minutes. Right. I mean, That's you, super you can't easy. You do a four minute show without having to do a retake or cut or something. Something's wrong, I think. You need a little more practice then. <laughs> so, okay, you're doing all of these shows. You've retired shows. You've started new ones. You have all these different types of blogs and they've been in varying topics. So a couple of years ago, you got inducted to the podcasters hall of fame at podcast movement as well. And I don't know how, how much you're still involved with podcast movement now, but you definitely were pretty heavily in the past as well. Right. 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 Yeah. Now I'm, I'm not that involved. I, I go and um, help out a little and I help with the award ceremony. Okay, and uh, I contact the other Hall of Famers when they win and let them know and, um, and stuff like that. But I'm more involved with that awards mm -hmm. than I am at any other part of it. Well, I mean, that's a that's definitely a big part of the entire event, though. So, Well, this year we have our own event for the Hall of Fame Awards. Mm -hmm. Instead of it being just part of awards night, we have, I think, Monday night the Hall of Fame Awards. And it's more like sit down with tables Wow. Um, and the Stepping previous up a Hall bit. of Fame members can invite people to their table. They have a table. They can invite people to their table. And that's all that happens that night is the Hall of Fame night. Then the next night is the awards night. So we've broken it down into two separate uh, things. Okay. Okay. That's That seems pretty like a pretty significant change, though. 
Yeah, I think direction. it's a change for the better instead of just being because and the award ceremony was going so long. Yeah, that I know. I remember that from last year. It felt long. I want I think, everyone to be awarded and have a great time, but at, towards the end, it was just a little much. Yeah, this should help out in that. Yeah, you know, seeing how you pull out that and then. This way, also, you can take time to recognize all the previous Hall of Famers because they have a table, the ones that show up. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a selected amount of tickets available for sale. But it's not like it's not like to say everybody can come, you know, because right. it is more of a sit down function, That's you okay. know, That's oh, with okay. a limited audience. Yeah. So you got involved in podcasting very early on. And what are some what is one of the most significant changes that you've seen? iTunes. iTunes, okay. Yeah, I would say that was the biggest change I ever saw. You know, there was such an industry being built around podcasting Mm -hmm. that kind of got wiped out in all one swell swoop, you know, to me uh, when iTunes came around because it was better, quicker, faster, with like the $6 million man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a much better tool. That was a big tool. And also how easy it is to podcast. Yeah. Um, now compared to, you know, hand coding it and significantly different than it was a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say the ease of creation and the ease of distribution and also sites like yours, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, hosting sites. I'm not going to name any other, even though there are because I'm on your show, but sites like yours. Yeah. Uh, make it a lot easier for two because now it's easy to create a podcast, it's easy to host a podcast, and it's easy to distribute a podcast. Yes. I mean, and those are your three things. We were using Skype, you know, in 2004 to interview people. So that pretty much, there are other tools, but heck, you and I are using Skype now. Yeah, exactly. So as Some far things, as the fundamentals are the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fundamentals of how you do it are still available. And then the fundamental of just get a good podcast out there. That's that's all the same. And there were awards back then, award shows. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Todd's has an award show and that was a uh, first award show I saw was Todd's uh, People's Choice Award back in maybe 2005 or 2006 in Ontario, Canada. At so, the, uh, long time at ago. The, yeah, the Podcast Brothers event back then. So, yeah, I think most things have relatively the same as it was then, like I said, the, the creation, the Hosting and the distribution. But the hosting has been easier for a long time. And I, I guess so has the distribution. And most people haven't seen these things because most people started after 2006. Correct. And most of that had happened, uh, you know, creation podcasting started in 2004 and in 2006. By 2006, you had hosting companies, you had, you know, uh, iTunes had come out. Um, so all that happened then. I really haven't seen a lot of To me, everything from that time point on is just a little bit of refinement. It's not big changes. Okay. What do you think? What do you think? I am just making, like, seeing the the big change in the number of people listening to podcasts. I saw something well, yesterday that's that... That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, I agree. It was... God, I think it was, like, 7 billion people. Like, I, iTunes had 7 billion downloads as of 2014. And then in 2017, they had 50 billion and I was like, in a couple of years, that's a big difference. Yeah, <laughs> because I saw it a took stat them yesterday that eighty, maybe it was eighty percent, or maybe even higher, of the households ask listen to at least one podcast. Yeah, you know, it was. Um, I'm just guessing on this number here, but I think it was like 2012, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
I was speaking at an event and I was speaking about podcasting and I went up to my local 7-Eleven where I knew the guy and I brought a video camera. Mm-hmm. I was asking 100 people if they knew what a podcast was. Oh, yeah. As they came up, say, hey, can I ask you a question for the show? And they say, do you know what a podcast is? And, and I was going to use these answers in my presentation. Mm-hmm. And out of 100 people, 99 had never heard the word podcast. And this was just six years ago. That's and kind of a one person number. said they knew what a podcast was. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. What is it? And he goes, well, it's like for fishing. Oh. It, you know, casting your rod out, you know. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, OMG. Oh. So out of, a, out of 100 people, randomly I asked six years ago, none of them had even heard the word podcasting. I mean, and I was just at a 7-Eleven mean, randomly. So that was really weird, I thought. And that, that wasn't yeah. that long ago. So things have changed in that sense. Yeah. And now I I would assume if I did the thing, same thing that I would have a pretty high number. Yeah, I would hope so. That would at least know what it was. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I was asking is, do you know what it is? Yeah, there's right. a very big difference between knowing what one is and actually having had listened to one before. Yeah. And actually, I was just asking if you even heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I only asked one person what it was. Yeah. Jeez. That's, I mean, that that just right there explains why I was hired in early 2015. Because you could see the numbers going up of people listening and at least knowing what a podcast is. So that, I know I've only been involved in this for a short period of time as opposed to some people, but in my inner circle, I guess my extended inner circle, because my inner circle typically knew what a podcast was because I hang out with, you know, other people that like media, but they're just so much more aware of it now, even if they don't listen. So I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. I agree completely. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Because that is much better. If no one's listening, who cares how easy it is, right? I know that. I, I will put a, some belief behind that. I know some people say, oh, just do the podcast for yourself. But I probably would not enjoy doing a podcast that no one listens to. So personally, I would want to have at least some audience. Yes, I agree. Someone's got to be listening. Yeah, someone. I'm I'm doing this for myself, and it's great to have a challenge and to accomplish something. But part of that accomplishment would be listening. At Maybe least you'd be my one book. of those people who are all depressed, going, "I only get fifty listeners. What can I do?" I would, you know, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't complain about it. I would figure out what to do and ask people in a way that is not pathetic or complainy because I see that and it bugs me. <laughs> Well, I always say, if I told you that every week I could have 50 people waiting in this room to listen to you talk, yeah. and they were really interested in what you had to say, would you pay me 50 bucks to have these 50 people sitting here waiting on you every week? And most people would. People I mean, would yeah. be psyched about that. They would be bragging about that to no I end. Know, room full of people waiting over there for me. Exactly. All right. Well, is there anything else about your podcasting career experience decade or so long journey <laughs> that you would like to share i've made a lot of good friends i mean you know yeah i've had a good time made a lot of good friends that's true and uh it's a good craft to be involved with and it's still in its infancy mm-hmm. you know um i don't know how many millions there are i heard like there was 300 how many how many people i heard there were like 350 million blogs oh, but I- only like three hundred fifty thousand podcasts or something does that sound right I have no idea about the number of blogs. I think last I heard about active shows 
is probably around three or so, like 300 or so. So there's a lot of room for growth in podcasting is what I'm getting to. Yes. A lot of people think, oh, uh, podcasting, I wish I'd got into it early. It's too late. It's still early. Just just it's, do it now. It's making the people. Yeah. It'll be fine. But if you're listening to this, you're probably a podcaster. True. <laughs> or you <laughs> like right. want to be a podcaster and just are scared to actually start. So Yeah, so don't be. It's plenty of room for growth. Yes. And it doesn't matter. You know, the pod, the cryptocurrency niche that I just made two podcasts, that's probably the most competitive niche I've ever seen. I mean, in It's anything. so new. And but there's so many people in it doing it already. You can't, like, for instance, in a domain name, you can't find a domain name with the word crypto in it. It just doesn't exist. Wow. I mean, it is just amazingly difficult to find. I mean, unless you do, like, I did change it to four minutes instead of right. five minutes right. or something. You did but a quick fix on it. Yeah, you just can't do it. And there's tons of podcasts in the financial niche. And still, we are doing real well. So don't be confused by the number of people in the niche thinking that that means it's too late to get in there. Your show may be a lot better than the rest of them. Yeah, that's the thing. There could be hundreds of shows in this one topic, but people are only listening to three of them. <laughs> right. Right. Just because the show exists doesn't mean that people are paying attention or getting anything out of it. So, and also, I want to mention before I go, if people are interested in uh, my, sh uh, if you are interested in crypto, I'm going to get a plug in here. If that's okay, McKinney. Absolutely. Go to either cryptocousins.com/slash/subscribe mm -hmm. or fourminutecrypto.com/slash/subscribe, and at those two links, you'll find every subscription method available and you can choose your favorite method yes i i enjoy that so yeah all right thanks for discussing that i have one quick thing that i wanted to talk about before we end this um so the last news topic yeah, yes and the answer is 62 okay <laughs> <laughs> it's titled our first ever student podcast contest and it's being hosted by like this is being put on by, I believe, the New York Times. So they want students, kids, anywhere between the age of 13 and 19 to submit a quick podcast around five minutes or so of something that they think could be really great and turn into something. And then they're going to go from there, turn it into, you know, figure out what to do with a show like that. So that's a great idea. I like that it. It'll be fun. I think it's I think it's important because they start they need to be teaching podcasting in school. Give, well, I imagine there are a lot of high school podcasters that can just enter. They already have a show going. Yep, I think there should. I mean, I imagine there would be. So it ends on May 29th at midnight Eastern. So if someone would like to apply, submit whatever it is, take a look online and submit before the end of the month. If I was a teenager, my four-minute crypto would work because it has to be five minutes or less. Yes. <laughs> Yours would be perfect, actually. I'm sure they would love that. They'd be like, okay, this is, this is to the minutes. point. <laughs> <laughs> Saves us 20% of our listening time. And if we listen to it in double speed, it's only two minutes. I know. I know. So I just wanted to get that out there for everyone. I really enjoy seeing organizations such as the New York Times because they hold so much weight and they're so well-known and whatnot getting out there like this and trying to expand on the community and whatnot. So good for them. So sounds great. Yes. All right. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for being on the show. No, and I enjoyed it completely. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Philadelphia in a couple months. 
Yes, at Podcast Movement. Get yeah. your tickets for podcastmovement.com. Yes. Another, I can't help but throw another plug in there. Sorry. I don't care. Use the code Blueberry for 10% off of your ticket. Hey, there you go. The mutual uh, mm-hmm. promotions. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be there. We we're one of the partners, and we're exhibiting. And Todd's and y'all speaking. Been involved since we started. I mean, yeah. y'all were involved at the first one. And when I called Todd when we started yeah. the first one and said, "Hey, we're gonna do this," he said, "I'm there." Yep. So we do appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. So I think it'll be a good one, and looking forward to seeing a lot of people there. So thanks for being on the show. That's a Prior Press podcast. Having-